Yeah, where's it coming from? Let's find out. Welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barbara Fisher, and with me are Kendra Maller and Morgana. Tonight, we welcome Greg Bishop back, and uh, we're going to talk about this recent disclosure thing that happened with what, the huh? government saying <laughs> something or another about UFOs that seems to have caused all sorts of consternation in the world, which I don't understand. And her fluffles, consternation. Her fluffles are a great, uh, that's a great word. It is a wonderful I word. A lot. I always a think it, of it as like rabbits fighting. <laughs> <laughs> that is I a like perfect, that. perfect name for rabbits. Especially those ones you see the rabbits like on their hind legs just kind of going. Yeah. <laughs> that's a kerfuffle. Yeah. You're right. That's what it should that's say perfect. in the dictionary next to kerfuffle. And then yeah. fluff flies. Yeah, just fur. Yep. But not like there is flying fur. Yeah, the fur flies. Yep, and that's what happened when the uh, report came out. What last week was that? When it happened? It feels like it was years the twenty fifth of June. Yes. I believe. Yes. Yeah. The the uh, uh, day after Kenneth Arnold Day. Yep. They could have yep. synchronized it better. I feel like. Yeah, I know. I don't know what the hell is wrong with them. They're just so unhip down there. Just like everybody else listening to them. They don't know anything about the history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the synchromistic hey, people are very people. upset about that, I'm sure. Yeah, all you old people, all you care about is all this stuff that happened a million years ago. Like, yes, you know what? World War II happened a million years ago. Pol Pot happened a million years ago. Idi Amin happened a million years ago. Just let it go. It's not any big deal. We don't have to worry about that history. That's just that's just old stuff. Yeah. You know, same thing with yeah. UFOs. I, I, yeah. I, I read something, James Clarkson, who left MUFON and then went back, which I gave him shit for, Um he said, and I was trying, that's what I was doing when I was leaning forward right now, trying to find the quote he had. And the quote basically was, he's scared because most of the people that are into this right now that have gotten really excited recently, their their entire awareness of it is what they've been told about what's been happening in the last 10 or 15 years, nothing before that. And so that's kind of dangerous because you only know this little tiny segment, you know? And you don't know this. You don't know this entire span of history and what happened. And like the government's never admitted anything. It's like yeah, they have like ten times. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I you know I feel like with a lot of the, I, it isn't even just younger people who don't know the history. It's as you say the people. Who oh, I'm not. I'm not it. harping on younger people. That has nothing to do with it. But the newer. yeah, it, it's amazing to me that that. People will talk about, well, you know, the this this never happened before, or that never happened before. And I'm like, it, it it has. It has not in this way, but yes, it has. Yeah, and not in a way that it seems like this is you know it and different. Not to me anyway. I it just sounds like, you know, this is being done for a specific reason, and it has nothing to do with telling people what UFOs are. It has to do with something else. I don't know what that thing is, um, but I've said this before. As soon as that thing is done, there will be the spigot will be shut off, and everybody will be going, "What? What? What? Huh, what? Huh, what? What happened?" They're already kind of doing this. There was a big like Twitter silence today. Apparently, somebody told me, huh. like UFO hmm. Twitter, and everybody went all quiet for a day or two for some hmm. reason. Oh, that never happened. I don't think it, <laughs> it doesn't actually. <laughs> so we're who knows? Who knows what's going on? Yes, they're they're very chatty, chatty and so cranky, I'm, very cranky. That's why I don't play over there. That I don't, I don't look at it. The only, 
Yeah, the only time I see any of that stuff is friends say, hey, look what happened. Or, hey, somebody said something about you. And I look at it and I go, well, that's amusing. And then that's about it. I don't want to answer it. I don't want to. And it, half the time it's like, why do you think that? I never said any such thing. I never, you know, I've never even talked to these people you're lumping me in with. I have no idea what you're talking about. But I'm not going to argue with these people or talk to them because it's just, it's it wastes their time and mine. So why yeah. bother? Yeah. And it's just interesting to watch and interesting to see what's going on. It's it's uh it's uh it's another chapter and obviously I'm looking at it through a lens of Project Beta and that's I guess a handicap of mine I suppose but it's just it has all the earmarks to me of somebody's doing something for some other reason and when they're done with it then the UFO people are going to go what happened. And it's exciting right now and all that. I went to a party, a 4th of July party, and this woman um, said, well, what do you think of all this UFO stuff going on in the news right now? I was like, I kind of don't want to talk about it. And, of course, they hear you're into it, and it's like, oh, you must have something to say. You must be really excited. And I'm saying I am excited but not because I think it's uh, something that's going to blow everything open. I, I don't think that. I hope it is, but the hope is like, you know, it's it's not. I, I, I just I know what it is. I mean, I've said this to you guys before. Disclosure is like asking the parent that always lies to you to tell you the truth this one time. And if you, they don't tell you what you want to hear, they're lying and covering it up. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and the, and that my other thing is, since when is the military told everybody the whole truth or any truth about anything that they're involved with? They can't. It's just not that's not how they're configured. Right. And I'm not saying, oh, the military lies all the time. That's just that strategically they have to do that. Yeah, They can't tell everybody, especially publicly, the truth. And whatever is being told is being is um, being manipulated so that it looks a certain way. I mean, if you think the press is run by, by uh, um, press releases, if the media is run by press releases, I mean, for the military, that, that's been going on since the beginning. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. So, you well, know, it, whatever truth they're telling you is the truth they want you to hear, not what's going on. So to me, it's interesting to listen to and interesting to look at and interesting to speculate about. But I'm not going to believe it 100 percent. No. Well, the thing that amazes me is uh, people seem to have this idea that they should tell us the whole truth about something that has to do with the military industrial complex. And I'm like, do you forget why the military industrial complex exists other than to be self-sustaining and to make money, but it's also there to provide defense. Well, if yeah. you have enemy quote unquote, if you have hostiles, do you want to tell them everything you know about your defenses? No. I almost feel like people don't think strategically. Don't I mean, d does nobody play chess anymore? You know, what is no. it yeah. that people don't understand that you can't just come right out I and say, well, it was it one is. of our experimental aircraft, yeah. yeah, you know, that was doing that. And, mm -hmm. and even if it was one of our experimental aircraft and somebody did say, well, it was an experimental aircraft, half the people wouldn't believe it anyway. Even if there was yeah, proof. Well, so, yeah. Like I said, if I don't hear what I want to hear, then you're covering it up. Yeah, exactly. Which is, I think, the why there were so many kerfluffles. Because the disclosure was basically, Friday there's rabbits. weird stuff. That, yeah, the bunnies, angry bunnies. There's weird stuff <laughs> happening. It could be one of five things, and one of those five things is we don't know what it is. Yeah. And, and so it's they said, we don't know what it is. Yeah. And they even said that. They said it's probably multiple explanations have to be used to talk about UAPs. And I feel like. Oh my like God, I agree with them. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but that's. Oh my God, stop not being good logical. Enough. <laughs> that's not good enough. It has to be aliens or it has to be, you know, time travelers or it has to be whatever your theory is. And I'm over here going. Does it have to be? <laughs> yeah, the, the that report is is a giant Rorschach blot for UFOs. Yeah, people. yeah. Actually, UFOs are a big Rorschach blot. Exactly. Blot for UFO 
So I found it very appropriate that the report reflected (laughs) that Rorschach blot nature in a way. And I also love the, just as almost an inside joke to me, category five other is, and I'm like, okay. And everybody calls it the other. Great. We are literally, (laughs) there we go. We're in the report. (laughs) The others in the report that makes everybody happy. Yeah. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, but they happy. didn't mean it like that. They meant literally other. We don't know. But that's, yeah. to me, that's what it is. It's category other. We don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. the people that are been into it for a while are probably as sophisticated as you or I or anybody we know, some of them. They, 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 they're subtle in their thinking. Not everybody in the government is some bumbling doofus. Right. There's all kinds of different people. There's extremely smart people and there's meatheads and everything. So I think within that, you know, there's probably people in the in the Air Force and the Navy, just they see the report and they just kind of roll their eyes. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, they only scratch the little surface of it. And, it, you know, I'll... I'll um, I talked to somebody that was talking to Hal Putoff and they, um, about six months ago. And Putoff said, we're reading this great book. It's called The Crypto Terrestrials. Have you heard of this book? It's like, yeah, it's like 12 years old. Oh, my God. He's but just so now getting to that? <laughs> well, this is what was told to me. So, you know, it, they're, they're just as curious, um, clued in, clueless, everything is everybody else. And you have to kind of, you know, take that into account. There's pe- The government is made up of people. <laughs> and so exactly. they're all going to have different opinions. But, you know, they have to put a report out that says this is what we're thinking right now, or at least, you know. And the other thing that's good for is, like, it's duck puppeting people. Hey, look at this thing here. It's like, well, there's, there's – that's 1% of what's – you know, it's like Kiel's thing. It's a super spectrum, and it's like <laughs> we're – we're we're sitting in you know that that report is sitting in you know that that one one wavelength of the the, the phenomenon and the and the, the the entire phenomenon is this giant you know electromagnetic spectrum that that um, figuratively literally and figuratively I guess that that most people aren't aware of that are not really into it neither should they be aware of it it's it's just I, I said you know most people don't care about this I said somewhere online I said neither should they. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not it's not that important to most people and it probably won't be unless it's you know it, it affects their lives directly if it puts food on the table or keeps food off the table or whatever because if the government said yes there's aliens and they're here there'd be a freak out we've i think we've all talked about this before there'd be a freak out for a couple of weeks or a couple of months and then everybody's like oh we got to go back to work oh well okay I guess yeah. there's aliens unless here. But, they're, yeah. Unless they're actively invading, I don't know that people would even freak out all that much. Yeah, really. and aliens are never going to invade because I don't think that's what you know they are. I don't know. Whatever it is, is not going to conform to what we think logic and, and teleology and all that is. It's just going to be what we think it is. I mean, it's like a you know a, a a whale could be yelling at its mate and saying something and or or something. And it's like, oh, that's a mating call. It's like, no, it's just talking about what happened that day. So it's you know it's not. It, it, we yeah. don't have a we don't have we don't have a, a a basis of whatever it is has to be looked at through the 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 lens of our language and preconceptions and all that. I mean, you guys have probably talked about this a hundred times, but um, people don't realize that. It's got, like somebody that asks you at a party, what do you think of this? And it's like, got a couple hours. I mean, I don't know. So usually <laughs> I just say, I think it's I've interesting. Read. and Yeah. And it's not like I'm smarter than you or better than you. It's just like, you know, if somebody, if somebody is a expert in like, you know, um, waste management or sewage or something like that, it's like, why does the sewage smell so bad? And they're like, uh, do you really want me to sit here and tell you why the sewage smells so bad? It's going to take a couple hours. You know, yeah. it's, it's that kind of thing. And so, like I said, it's, it, people don't really know about what's going on. Neither. Whoa. Wow. Neither in most cases should they. It's just not that important to most people. And that's okay. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, to, we're it, basically yeah. talking about, you know, we're talking about model planes here. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You should probably talk a little bit about Project Beta for for people who haven't read yeah. the book, so they get an idea as to what you mean when you say it's kind of like 
project beta. That's sort of your. I was about to say, on. oh God, no. Um, <laughs> uh, a book I wrote in 2004, three or four to 2005. It was released in 2006. So that's what? 15 years ago. 14, 15 years um, ago. Yeah. Five. It was five years. Five. Okay. okay. 1990 was. 15 years ago, so this is five years ago. All right. Okay. Gen X man. <laughs> and yes, exactly. Yeah, UFOs didn't exist before 2004. <laughs> so it was, um, it was a book about a guy that was a UFO researcher, and he was looking at things at a military base that he shouldn't have been. He was filming them with a film. I say filming, actual film. People say, oh, who's filming that? It's video. This was film, 8 millimeter film, um, an early video uh, at, a, at an Air Force base in, in Albuquerque, uh, Kirtland Air Force Base. He brought this to the Air Force and said, hey, I think there's UFOs flying around here. And they're like, oh, hey, well, that's very interesting. Why don't you tell us a little bit more? Because they wanted to know what he was looking at, what he was seeing, what he was talking about to foreign agents, possibly, when somebody writes and says, hey, I am I am UFO researcher from Russia. I want to know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and invariably, it's not a UFO researcher from Russia. It's somebody who just wants to know about, get clues about what's going on around military bases. Mm -hmm. So instead of telling him to cut it out, they said, why don't you tell us everything you know and we'll work with you and all that. And of course, immediately, he's like, oh boy, I'm, you know, the Air Force is working with me. It's like, no, they're not. They just want to know what you know. So they can, they can, you know, if you pick something up and they hear it on the, you know, hear it on the, uh, you know, going through the, the certain channels or being talked about, they'll know where it came from and know who you, who's listening to you, et cetera, et cetera. So um, they proceeded to monitor everything he was doing, um, encourage all of his most paranoid fantasies. And I think in a couple of cases, no, I don't even know if they actually ever told him things. He just came up with stuff and they said, oh, yeah, right. Uh huh. Um, and uh, as I say this, I see something go flying across the mountains really fast and I don't know where it is now. Great. Um, <laughs> I did. I swear I saw something flying through the air, like right in front of the mountains here, way faster than it should be. And then it just, when I looked up again, it was gone. Um, so he. You know, they, they assigned a couple people, at least one specific person to talk to him, be the point person. That was Richard Doty. Um, a few other people talked to him. You know, the head of Air Force Intelligence at the base talked to him quite a bit. Um, and they had a UFO researcher, um, Bill Moore, um, who they communicated with and told them what they were doing. And they said, look, we'll give you UFO like documents and secrets if you'll help us figure out what this guy's looking at, what UFO people are talking about. Because I wanted to know, basically, if they had any um, uh, defense uh, implications to what they were talking about when they inadvertently talking about UFOs. We saw these lights floating over this base. It's like, oh, well, that's the thing that the Russians are trying to find out about. So we would like to know who is listening to you. So let's let you keep doing what you're doing, and we'll listen to who you're listening to and see what's going on. Anyway, um, so eventually, through a combination of them encouraging him and him getting more and more paranoid, he ended up in a, uh, a mental health facility. His, his parents put him in there. Parents, not sorry, his family, his wife and his sons put him in there for um, a couple of months, I think. And then he came out and he kind of toned down. Um, but in the meantime, he had this idea that, uh, that aliens were invading. The Dulce base mythos came out of this whole thing. Um, he, uh, he said that aliens were here exchanging, um, they, they, had, they had become, they had uh, started all of our religions, or at least the Christian religion, and, or no, all of them actually, um, and uh, that they were here trying to uh, create uh, bases on the earth so that they could um, uh, uh, cooperate with us, give us technology, um, uh, exploit our resources, um, use our women. Um, apparently, apparently, Morse or where, yeah, wherever he needed women. Um, anyway, all these things, a lot of things that later became like the bedrock of uh, UFO conspiracy stuff were came from this episode. And so, you know, I this was what I wrote about. 
Um, I talked to a lot of people involved, intelligence people, Air Force people, UFO people, inside and outside the loop, because I wanted to make sure that I heard it from people that, it's like, oh, you're talking to him, he's just full of disinformation. It's like, yeah, well, I heard it from people that you wouldn't, like I would hear the same story from Bill Moore and this guy Gabe Valdez, who was a New Mexico State police officer, mm -hmm. and nobody has any illusion, had any illusions about him being on anybody's payroll. He's just an investigator. So if I hear the same story from two different people inside and outside the loop, I know there's probably some validity to it. And that's just one example. But um, the whole, you know, what I've just described can be applied to what's going on now. And that's kind of how I see it. Um, I know it's not exactly what's going on and it may completely be off the mark. But I realize that, that I'm front loaded with that with that mythology and that idea and that framework. So, and it seems to make sense to me. And so I don't pound the table and say, you idiots and you should be, you know, looking at it in this way because I could be wrong. But um, because of my background and what I've written about, who I've talked to, and what I've seen and all that, this is the lens that I look at it through. And, you know, I, I tend to think it's probably more what's going on than just, Let's just admit what the government knows about UFOs, <coughs> because I don't. I think they're. In a, if you if you took everybody in the government that knew about UFOs and got them all together, it would be just like going to a UFO convention. You know, it would be all kinds of different uh, opinions, and some people that thought they were uh, demons, and some people that thought they were you know had a Whitley Strieber idea about it, and some people. It's all different things. Um, yeah with the idea that possibly there is some physical evidence somewhere, maybe. I don't know. I don't have access to it. I do not know. Um, and if it is physical evidence, I think a lot of people in that study it are know that it's not physical evidence in the way we think of physical evidence. It proves something strange, but it doesn't prove a preconception about what we think it is. All it proves is that there's something really weird going on. And that um, it may in, in, engender more questions than it answers this, this physical evidence. Um, yeah. Up to and including possible bodies or biological stuff or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, when I think about that, I think more of like the, uh, uh, um, the phenomenon of, of, of abhorts and that um, maybe this stuff isn't as exactly as we think it is. Like, it's a ship coming from another planet with people, with beings in it that are operating. It's like, no, that's, we put that on there because it makes sense to us. The, the, the reality of it is so strange, we probably haven't been able to conceptualize what it might be at this point. Some people might have, but the thing is, I think of the conceptualization of it, you're creating a reality around it too. A real yeah. actual concrete knock on wood reality just by theorizing about it. Yeah. And okay, I wonder, rant over. I wonder <laughs> how much of the literature well, and the mythos the U the UAP commission people are actually familiar with. Cuz there has to be somebody somewhere who helped write this little piece of disclosure and who's looking into all of this, who has their job is to go read all the kooks books. Right. And I wonder, I would hope so. Well, right. Because there's always been, you know, Oh, the CIA comes in and messes with the UFO witnesses and everything. And I don't know how much they, I mean, yeah, the intelligence community messes with people. But I don't know how much of that has been how involved the military and the civilian research research uh, uh, research interests has, people has, yeah. has crossed <laughs> or if it does or if it's going to. All I, I think informally I find, it does, but not. Yeah, not, it has uh, to. Yeah, informally, it totally does. Yeah, like it because has where to. else are you going to get this information? I mean, you got to get it from the people that have been gathering this forever, and it's half of it is that we don't have access to is from government sources, and the other half is from open sources like you and I and everybody can look up and read and all that. Unfortunately, most of it's contradictory. Yeah, yeah. If you read all of yeah. it. 
Yes. And so it just like, like I said before, Rorschach blot, the whole thing's a big Rorschach blot. Whatever you want to attribute to it, well, you will find plenty of evidence to attribute to it. And you can very easily, sometimes not so easily, but at least in the minds of people that are made up their minds, very easily ignore any evidence to the contrary, even though it's totally vetted and um, real and whatever. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's one of the few things where it's really obvious that you can make of it whatever you want. I mean, the UFOs are silly putty, really. It just, it will, <laughs> it will conform to whatever you want it to be. Uh, and you see that over and over and people get people, people, especially online, they, they, they'll threaten each other to death with their, their theories about whatever's going on. That that's how, that's how deep it goes. I think that's why Diana Pasolka said, this is a start of a new religion. I think that's another reason. And this is something I haven't really said publicly. Part of the reason for the, uh, um, this controlled release of information, whatever it is, is to sort of head it off at the past so you don't have a bunch of UFO people invading the Capitol. It's like, let's let's yeah. control this narrative so that we don't have, it doesn't go off the yeah. rails into an area that becomes dangerous yeah. and, and, and actionable and all that. Because yeah. some of these, some people that are into UFOs are so passionate, I think they would do something like that. Yeah. Especially and it won't be now. fun and silly like the Area 51 march. Stick it about that. Exactly. That might have. Yeah. Exactly. It's a really good thing you bring up Morgana. That might have. That might might have scared the crap out of some people in the government. It's like, yeah, it's a joke, but it could very easily not be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. They shut down the Facebook page pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. you know, and issued all these warnings and everything. And of course, they're over uh, over careful. They're the military. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think it's there's a there's a real good case to be made that part of this is just to keep things from metastasizing into you know, QAnon for UFOs. Yeah, <laughs> well, and there's How overlap long before that happens. Yeah, and I think it's already happened in those but communities from getting well, yeah. nasty. You know. Yeah. Yeah, there is. There's total overlap. There's lots of overlap, and whoever looks into this for five minutes, especially somebody with their concerns. If you're in the FBI or whatever, we're going to go. That's you know, who knows why the FBI was involved in that release? It probably has part, partly to do with. Just look at this way. It's okay. It has partly to do with, um, uh, like, kind of keeping tabs on that, so it doesn't get scary and nasty, and you know, let's invade the Capitol or take so and so hostage because they know about UFOs, and you know, you know, what does Harry Reid know? He must know a lot. Well, let's let's hold him hostage and have him tell us everything. Just crazy stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, and and people, it, you know, after the January sixth, uh, that wasn't a kerfluffle. That yeah. <laughs> attempted insurrection was what that yeah. was. Um, after that, people are going to be really cagey about all of that. Um, yeah, I know when I lived near Washington and worked with a lot of people who were in the intelligence agencies. You know, they're already paranoid. They, they already have a, a certain level of, of nervousness about everything just because yeah. that's what they do. That's their job. Yeah. Their job is to it's look for threats everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. they're going to find them. Um, I can only imagine the, the kind of level of worry that they would have after that. And so, and, and, and UFO stuff around there was also, everybody was always talking about it. It was the, it was the years of uh, the X-Files. So everybody was, was talking about it because it was in the public consciousness. And I can only imagine if there had been an insurrection at that time, how worried they'd be about the, you know, fringe people going really, really fringe and really, really crazy because it's been yeah. proven that it can happen. Yeah. And conspiracy theories aren't fun anymore. No, they're spoo they're, they're scary now. Today. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were, they were scary before, but they weren't, people weren't taking action on them to the point of, well, some were, um, but That's not true. at that scale. 
No, it no. was smaller and it was more covert. Um, and it was it was more spread out. You didn't have any cohesion, and now there's a little bit of cohesion, and that's the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the internet has enabled a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys getting like I'm getting echo? I hear the, I hear any of you speak first in this ear, and then a half a second later, I hear an echo in this ear. That's your equipment. I'm not getting anything weird. Yeah, okay, no, now no. I'm. Now it's. Only I hear my ferrets. Whatever is long. <laughs> we don't hear your ferrets <laughs> snoring. So that's okay. It's really cute. There's just a. <laughs> Oh. Oh. Noise. <laughs> it's very, very cute. Sounds like a cat snore. It does, but even tinier. Yeah. Yeah. L little wee. My wee weasels. Ladies and gentlemen, oh. please open. Please welcome opening for cat snore, ferret snore. <laughs> <laughs> and then see, everything's derailed. It's yeah. fine. That's the. It's fine. Sorry, I I am constantly. It just sounded like silly, silly sounds like a band name to me. So <laughs> that's a good way to be. Yeah. Oh, um, I've got a huge list of two or three hundred band names already. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the podcast was taken up with band names. <laughs> I mean. Oh, I don't have the list with me. I don't even know where it is. Oh wait, yeah, I do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are five years old, and it is fine. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Kit Shicker is one of my favorite ones. Um, see, we're gone. Yeah, yeah. We tried. Yeah, we tried. Dirtbag Leftist, that's a good one. Ooh, that is a good one. Monkey Brawl. Um, okay, I'll stop now. <laughs> Oh, Windmill Cancer Survivor is one of my favorites. Nice. Oh, that's a beautiful one. That's a good one. I mean, I, I'm not sure what people were expecting from this quote-unquote disclosure thing. This... If you is have it anything... No, it's not anything I didn't expect. It, yeah. it was you have pretty no context, much what I predicted it would be. Yeah. If you have no context, you can you you could put all kinds of um, expectations on it. But if you have context, it kind of tamps them down quite a bit, for better or worse. But that's what it does because you're just kind of like, oh, this again. And you, then you're thinking, <laughs> well, I hope it's something nice, but your hopes don't get <laughs> up. It's kind of like yeah. you know you're cheering for a losing sports team. It's like, well, you know what? If they they're going to lose anyway, but if they win, yay! And if they don't, yeah. well, I'm not that disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did find it interesting that they admitted it was a national security threat. I'm not I sure why been that would have been admitted. Um. Because I would, one would think that you might not want to say, yeah, there's, we have to admit there's something unidentified in the sky, but we're going to gloss over that it's spooky and kind of a problem. But admitting that it's that, that it is an actual threat, I think could serve some interesting purposes for the government. Money. Because there's, there's money for funding. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, funding people for, said, I knew said it first, yeah. Yeah. Studying the threat. And new toys. Funding yeah. to make new toys to counter said threat. Yeah. And yeah. a nice way to subtly tell any possible enemies, hey, just in case this is you, we're taking it seriously. That that also. Yeah. All those things. Again, think strategically. Yeah. I also think that whatever we're talking about is probably one or five percent of what actually is being thought about what is going on and we have oh, yeah. no idea what it is we have no idea what's being planned what what is what the purposes are and we will probably never know um like i said it's just going to be stopped and then everybody's going going hey what happened it's just going to stop and then people that are totally into it will have to 
either recycle what was was released or move on to something else or whatever. I I, I really really do think that that it whatever whatever is whatever is being done, whatever it's done, that'll be it. Yeah. You know, it won't be the beginning of anything. The good thing about this is that serious people, you know, scientists, sociologists and all this aren't laughing anymore and they can talk about it. That is a great upshot of all this. I love that part of it. That yes. people that can take yeah. ufology out of the hands of ufologists will be can do that. I mean, it's already happening. I've had some of those people on my show specifically for that purpose. It's like, wow, look at yeah. the stuff that's being said that's different by people who have a different context for it and are a little more circumspect in how they think about it. That That's what excites me. So whatever you think about all the disclosure stuff and the New York Times article, it's it's taken – there's no there's no argument that it's taken a lot of the stigma off of it. And I hope that yeah. stays that way. I mean, it's starting to look pe – make people like Seth Shostak and DeGrasse Tyson and all those people look silly. Because they just absolutely will not discuss something that a colleague of theirs who is just as 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 credentialed and learned and probably more so is saying, "Hey, let's take this seriously for a little bit and see what's going on." It's a it's an interesting, no matter what it is, it's an interesting question, and the fact that they can't they won't you know lose tenure or be laughed at or whatever as much about it now that's wonderful. That's great. I, I mean, I I I think you know. In this, I agree with all the disclosure and, and uh, other people that think this is like big watershed. It's like it kind of is in that and that's in that that's in, yes. in, in that Absolutely. Uh, context. Yeah, I think that's the important part, honestly. Like what you're saying, I think that's the most important part is that now mm-hmm. it's really hard to argue that something's completely not real if the U S government is like, Oh yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> we don't yeah. know what it is, but it's a thing. Yeah. And well, if, that might be part if, of it too. Yeah. It's all of a sudden other people can talk about it and maybe you're right. Maybe it's a bit of a psyop to take the research out of the hands of the ufologists and put it in the hands of, yeah, you know, scientists and sociologists and everything possibly to help divert the conspiracy theory wonkiness that can drive the field. Yeah. Part well, of the other I th- thing I, I said wonder, is, go ahead. Yeah, I wonder how much of it is opening the door to flipping another table in science where they're now able to say, we don't understand these aspects of science. And now they're able to get into the deeper research, well-funded research regarding gravity or time or the different things that even that CERN is working on. But you can, it allows them to kind of broaden their scope into the, you know, fact that we have some science to figure out still. Yeah. The other thing I said about it is it's, it's a a giant crowdsourcing project, you know, let's get everybody that has not been interested in this to stick their brains on this and see what starts happening. And, you know, in the, in that, in that sense, that's good. I think the more people that think about it, the more people talk about it, the more people that can, you know, um, discuss it openly and logically and non-passionately are that, that that's, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't, I don't care if I have to deal with, you know, um, uh, people saying this is the end all be all. I mean, it doesn't really annoy me that much, but I'm more, far more excited than I am annoyed. Way more excited. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd love to have, you know, physicists be able to sit down and discuss it openly without fear of, you know, getting fingers pointed at them and shaked at them and, oh, you know, that's some nonsense, you know. Yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson on the Twitter making a fool of himself, you know. It's, yeah, somebody said I, it was one like kind see... of bonkers the other day. Yeah, yeah. You know, denial it, bonkers. What's yeah, right? yeah, almost it. like he's like, you know, he's, you're you're going to be left he behind here and he might he might realize it. I don't know. He got on Twitter and he basically said, there's no evidence, blah, blah, blah. And one of the pilot and, and he's like, and I'm a physicist with this. You know, if, if a physicist looks at it with this, this, this and this qualification, then there's no evidence, blah, blah, blah. And it was very dismissive. So one of the pilots uh, for the Navy jumped in and was like, "Uh, actually, I have (laughs) 
credentials <laughs> in this, this, and this, including the physics. And I teach this and yeah. I still saw it and we still don't know what it is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not and a that fan of much, Grass Tyson. That just put a smack down right on yeah. that, you, you know, know and, okay. and, you know, I like him, but it, he's making a fool of himself. Yeah. I don't even know if I like him. I mean, I think Carl Sagan did his job. He's basically the heir to Carl Sagan, but I think Carl Sagan did yeah. much better. But the thing is that Carl Sagan was a huge stoner too, so that probably enters in. I was going to say, Sagan did it better with pot. It helped a lot. It really helped a lot. Um, yeah, I, I I like him well enough, but he he does he's he's made you a know, cool great popularizer also. of science and you know bringing the conversation up among, in the public you know about what science is, what it can do, what it can do for us. You know, not to be f afraid of it, not to be suspicious of science because you don't understand something. I mean, that's the de rigueur thing. If you don't understand something, then it's me. I've got friends, I'll talk about UFO stuff in a certain way. It's like, oh, that's just egghead stuff. It's like, yeah, well, so is how your phone works. And so is getting to the <laughs> moon. And so is, you know, paleontology. And so, you know, if you want to say egghead stuff, so don't, 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 just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's BS. If you think everything you can't yeah. understand is BS, then go live in a cave. Yeah. Because that's, you, you don't deserve all the stuff that you think is BS. Your clean yeah. food and your, and your clean water and your cell phone and your computer and your, you know, and, and your car. Yeah. And yeah, that all came out of eggheads, you moron. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Truth. But yeah, science popularizers are great, but I would also like to see UFO science popularizers being able yeah. to, to do that openly and not be it's laughed starting. out of the room. And to get funding. Yeah. Which sadly is a requirement for yeah. not it is not a requirement to do research, but it really helps do effective research fast. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah, you I mean, have funding. There's, yeah, there's so many people like that. Now I mean I had uh, sociologist. I had um, uh, Stephen Finley on my show. He was talking about uh, you know U UFOs, uh, the uh, um, Nation of Islam as is a UFO religion, and how that came to be, and how interesting that was. And that you know, I think that might have been the first time he was on actually a UFO podcast. Um, but and then I've also had somebody like Michael Masters on who's an evolutionary biologist, and he wrote that book about, um, you know, UFOs, as, uh, aliens as time travelers, possibly, based on his ideas right. of, you know, what, you know, on um, neoteny, which is like the, the tendency of, you know, certain evolutionary paths to go uh, to the point where the, the, the adult will look more like the, the embryo or the, or the child or whatever. Um, and he said, yeah, if we keep going this way, we'll look like what people describe as grays and a few other things. And so, you know, he, he using his knowledge of evolution and biology, he kind of argued, you know, OK, if this is if this is true, let's go and see if time travel is possible. And, you know, you know, he could be wrong. But the fact is, he's a credentialed Ph.D., you know, tenured professor at the University of Wyoming talking about this in a serious way. You know, and I think yeah. um, what he wants to do with his next book is actually look at um, uh, the newest physics of, about time travel and if it's possible in a very basic way. I mean, is it theoretically possible? And if it's theoretically possible, you know, how close have we gone to? Anyway, but he's thinking about it. He may, yeah. he may not be right. That's the beginning. But whatever. He's actually doing it. And you know, I think about it, that crap you know. all the time too, but I'm not a PhD, so you know, yeah, exactly. nobody's going to listen to me. Yeah, it's <laughs> part of the reason I want to go back and get a PhD because I wanted, to, I, I want to be able to talk about some of this weird stuff in a context that I want to talk about it in, and you know, be able to talk to other people that are interested that will talk to me because I got a stupid, you know, some letters after my name. Yeah, you know, I, that's something I would really like to do, but. You know, we'll see that that. But yeah, that that's the point here. Take all this weirdness and all this knowledge of the weirdness and contextualize it in something that is acceptable, I guess, and kind of backdoor the unacceptable and the weirdness through the acceptable. It's like you know, 
Um, I went to a um, exhibit of Paulina Peavy. She was a contactee and she did all these paintings. She said channeled through an alien called Lacamo or Lacamo. Um, she was a uh, artist all of her life. She had a terrible childhood and her dad said she shouldn't go to school because education is wasted on women. This is the early 20th century. But she fought through all that, became an artist, started teaching art. Her, you know, her husband was abusive and they got divorced and then her children got taken away from her and put in an orphanage. And she went and taught in the U.S., I mean, in, in the L.A. U.S., uh, L.A. Uh, school system, art, art, so that she could earn the money to get her damn kids back. And she got them back and, you know, and through all this, she makes incredibly beautiful art. But it's, she said it was channeled from an alien. And she actually wrote an autobiography called My Life with UFO. Not with a UFO or the UFOs, My Life with UFO. And she did this incredibly beautiful artwork. Um, uh, but the, the, the point of it is that I think that the, uh, the artwork is just as important. The, the, the inspiration for it where that inspiration come, came from is just as worthy of serious thought and consideration as the artwork itself. And that fascinates me. I mean, my, my background's art history. It's the only, you know, degree I have. So I'm trying to look at it from like a, a humanities art historian viewpoint, very much inspired by what Jeff Kripal has done and, um, and his work with Whitley Strieber and all that. He's, you know, the humanities really need to be applied to the UFO thing as well as the hard sciences. There's, there's no way that those things should not have equal footing. So that, that, that's, that, that's what I'm yeah. interested in actually is, is applying my humanities training to the weird stuff. You know, I've been online, I've been writing uh, uh, essays about paintings that have paranormal themes in them. Um, because I'm trying to, you know, lube my brain up to start writing about this stuff. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, if you think about it, what do UFOs affect people? How do they affect people? What do mm -hmm. they make people do? And there is a subset of people that it makes them creative. It makes yep. them make art. It mm -hmm. makes them create religions. Um, it makes them react on a soul level so that's yeah. that's important it's not just making us go forward in technology you know yeah. that's not just mm -hmm. what's going on when when valet talks about a control system or uh, a non-human intelligence that's sort of drawing humanity forward it's he's not just talking about technology he's not just talking about us you know, looking at going to space or new new um, beam weapons mm -hmm. or things like that. He's talking about moving forward in other ways as well. So, yeah, you, you have to look at it. You can't just look at it from yeah. a scientific technological perspective. You have to look at it from every perspective because it seems yeah, to it, affect people on various levels at right various and, times an equal right and, and, left brain in many different ways. It should, be, it should be examined that way. Um, and uh, if the humanities, mm -hmm. humanities could be on an equal footing with the, the sciences, the hard sciences, that'd be great. I mean, uh, people, I, I will talk to people and they say, Oh, you just want to throw out all the data. It's like, no, I don't want to throw out all the data, but I want to bring in other data that has to do with what, uh, Barbara was just talking about transformative experiences. Um, that the, the, those, uh, you know, it's almost, I can't remember who I was interviewing, but I was saying, I think science is, oh, <laughs> you know who, who agreed with me on this of all people is um, uh, Deep Prasad, um, the, 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 uh, that guy. I said, you know, I, I was talking to him and I said, I think that, uh, I think it was on my show. I said, it's, just as important to have these, you know, the humanities involved. And he said, absolutely, 100%. And he's, his training is in physics. So, you know, it's, it's nice to hear that. Whatever you think of him or whatever he's doing, um, the fact that he recognizes that as a, you know, as somebody who's trained in physics is important to me. And, um, you know, you don't get too many people like that. You don't get too many scientists who are just as appreciative of the right, uh, of the right brain. 
um, as uh, uh, as as the analytical part. Like you know, I think we've talked about this before. Valet is a really good example. Dean Radin's another example. Um, but they're few and far between. There's not too many. I think uh, I think you'd almost make a case for Gary Nolan as well as well. But yeah. Um, yeah. the the fact that these people have an appreciation and know that you know the human experience is not just data um, that can be put on in graphs is uh, is important and much more important when you you know because the UFO thing looks technological to us or we put it in that technological box but. Um, that's already, you know, we've already, you know, uh, just, you know, taken half of its half of its meaning and magic and 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 uh, and and potential to solve uh, understand the mystery away by ignoring the um, the effect it has on people, as Barbara said, and how how it changes people's lives and how it inspires people and all that. And that's not, you know, and. I do have people that say, well, you know, that, that's that's fine. And, you know, it, it creates nice art and all that. But, you know, that's not important in understanding something. I said, really? Then throw away all your record albums, throw away all the books you like, fiction books, and, and don't watch any TV or movies. Because if it's not important, then apparently that stuff isn't important either. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's such a complex subject. Like, you need all of the facets of human knowledge and all the tools of all the facets of human knowledge to attempt to understand it. And I don't know. You can't, you, you can't, you know, the best artists, they don't know where their inspiration comes from or how they communicate things to people. It just works. Um, you know, like why is Bob Dylan still, still popular and still doing what he's doing? It's because he's whatever, whatever well he's pulling out of a lot of people, they can't reach that well, but they can see it. And he'll pull a bucket of whatever it is out and show it to them. They go, yes, yes, that's it. And not everybody can do that. So, um, you know, that that's why I'm interested in people that are interested in this from a artistic or humanities point of view. Because um, I've, you know, I've had experiences where um, I'll read about a UFO encounter or something like that. And I'll spontaneously, spontaneously get very emotional about it. I'm not even sure why. And it didn't even happen to me. <laughs> so, you know, to me, it's like, you know, reading a great story or, uh, you know, uh, looking at a great piece of right. art because it affects me emotionally. Or, you know, hearing somebody tell the story. It's funny. I just got messages from an uh, artist that's really into the UFO thing. But he do, he's only done a few UFO pictures. But he's, um, he's actually a fairly well-regarded artist. But he's really into the UFO thing. So... I actually enjoy talking to him more than I would to like some like, you know, run of the mill UFO researcher because um, he's coming from an area that is completely different than somebody that's like, hey, UFOs are cool. But um, the Paulina Peavy, she did artwork. She lived from 1900 to 1999. Wow. Um, she was 99 when she died. Um, but. The uh, this uh, gallery in Venice, California, um, mounted an exhibit of her artwork. Um, some of the, most of these I'd never seen. That's one of her oh, paintings. Oh, that is gorgeous! Beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's like Georgia O'Keeffe on a she, horror co cover. <laughs> yeah, she um, designed masks. And every mask she had to, I did not know this. She had to do a, a different mask every time she channeled the alien that she was in contact with to be in contact. And that's her wearing one of the masks and holding wow. one. Cool. That's really neat. This brings me great joy. <laughs> it does. That's, this is also one of her paintings. Oh, wow. I love the use of color. Yeah. There's some of her masks, actually. Nice. That's Those are creepy. Really cool. <laughs> yeah. I like the bug. What does this one say at the bottom? I think it says, um, oh, it says the Alpha and Omega. That makes sense. That Down there. Really that is really cool. Yeah, and so the, this whole gallery, I just walk through the thing. I walk through the gallery, and I just... I 
was practically crying the whole time because the, the paintings That's are so beautiful. Just gorgeous. Yeah, this one is called Blessed or the Meek. <laughs> wow. It says Blessed or the Meek the at the bottom eyes. and very stylized. Mm -hmm. Her eyes yeah. are amazing. Yeah. The eyes uh, actually remind me a little bit of the way Richard Shaver painted eyes. That's cool. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, and they um, they had a, a case of um, like contact e literature, and I looked at it, and it's like I got better stuff than that. <laughs> so I I well, told the woman I, that was running the get the curator. I said do you want to borrow some of my stuff and put it in the case? She goes, if you bring stuff, we'll make its own case for it. So nice. I brought them all this stuff. Great. This old um, contact D stuff and yeah. uh, council, the seven lights by George Van Tassel and an old flying saucers magazine. I rode a flying saucer by George Van Tassel. Yeah. You know, so, nice. and, um, and my copy of uh, 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 Molly Thompson's from worlds afar album, which is amazing. Yeah, I love that so, art too. Yeah. Oh, and stuff from Mark Probert, the inner circle channeling stuff from the 1940s. So yeah, they put, apparently I haven't seen it yet, but they put all that stuff in a um, in its own case and said from the collection of Greg Bishop, author of A.S. Radamski, and and I got to go see it before the uh, exhibit's over. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. But anyway, I mean. This woman said that some, some um, you know, space person had channeled this art to her, and she would have to make these masks for each channeling session. She would create a new one, and then she would start painting with these masks on because it's, they said it helped her concentrate whatever Im uh, imagery, energy, um, communication was coming through. That makes perfect sense. You know, there's yeah. a lot of artists, and I noticed that it's, it's not just women, but women, female artists tend to do things like that. Like I'm reading about Leonora Carrington and Remedios Faro, and I've also read about um, Helma Ap Klint, and they all mm -hmm. did seances or channeling or um, called up yeah. spirits or did spells as they did their work. I find that to yep. be fascinating. Yeah, always. And, um, you know, it's funny. As soon as you start digging into these things, you find out that that's, you know, that that was not uncommon. Um, yeah, like you said, I think especially with, with, with women artists. I'm trying to find the... Um, I guess I don't have it here. I have a I have a Remedios Varro painting in my in my bedroom. I, I it's a reproduction. It's a glique or whatever printed on canvas. Um, and it's just that it's it's that uh, it. Oh, it's called the Creation of the Birds, and it's uh, oh, this, I love this, that one. Yeah, that one. That that one. I when I was in Mexico, Miguel Romero took me to the um, the uh, Palacio de Bellas Artes. Uh, in Mexico City, um, and when we're in the in the actual like museum, which has all these giant uh, Diego Rivera and other uh, uh, I can't remember the other uh, uh, mural artists, Mexican mural artists, you know, national treasure kind of um, frescoes and paintings in there. He said, "Oh, there's this other there's this artist you might be interested in. Her name was Remedios Varo, and um, they might have some of her paintings." Like, and I went and started looking. They had all this like you know, flipping thing with all the, with all the canvas prints in it. And one of them was the one he was actually thinking of creation of the birds. And that's another one. One now I'm getting emotional saying it. When I saw it, I almost started crying because it was such an amazing painting and I had to get a copy of it. Um, so I bought that one. Then I came home and immediately when I came home, the, the, I came home right when the, all the uh, quarantine hit in California so I took the painting in and took it to a framing place. And then they immediately closed for like a month no, or two months. So it just sat in there oh, um, at the framing place for That's like sad. a couple of months. 
until I finally got it back when they said, okay, everything's opening back up. And then I called the place. They said, yes, we're opening back up. So I went and picked up the painting and I put it, it's, it's up above my bed now. Nice. And I look at it every day because it's, it just, it, it, every single time it affects me. I just say, okay, that's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Have you read um, the new Valet book yet? No, I want to read it because um, uh, Kripal said, he said, it's classic Jacques. You should read it. It and, is. Um, yeah. It is classic. So I, I want to read it. Yeah. And the other thing that some, somebody asked me what I was thinking of reading, I said, the fact that everybody, that nobody I respect likes it makes me want to read it more. I mean, sorry, that nobody, everybody I don't respect hates it. Like yeah. people who I don't care about their opinion, they, they can't stand it. Yeah. You know, and people, and then people whose opinions I do care about, it's like, yeah, you should really read this. Yeah. And so now I really want to read it. Yeah, it is, it is really, really well written. Um, it, 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 it's, and it's classic filet, as I wrote in an essay. I was like, I don't know what you right. all are going on about getting all head up about this because it's it's if you analyze the stories that he highlights the cases that he where he talks with the witnesses and writes extensively mm -hmm. about it if you look at it as folklore and if you analyze the stories they have motifs in common and so it is straight up classic valet it's it's something that he is interested in. He's interested in stories from children. He right. is interested in stories that involve change to the children, that mm -hmm. involve grounded craft, although sometimes it's it's not seen as a craft, but as a hut or whatever. And mm -hmm. uh physical effects that none of this is outside of anything he's ever written about before, except that it is a case that is not recognized as being part of the quote unquote UFO canon or historical canon. Um, right. he, he also very strongly brings in the thread of nuclear weapons and how that ties in with the UFO phenomena. And he does it to very great effect. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's really, really well. Right after, go watch that episode of uh, Twin Peaks with the uh, atomic bomb in it. <laughs> yes. 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 But yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what people are going on about because it, I don't know. Well, because they want things to be a certain way, and if it's not a certain way, it, 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 the, the peg doesn't fit in the hole, people get upset very easily. And if and the peg doesn't fit in the hole, are immediately intrigued. But apparently it does fit in the hole, you know? Yeah. And and how many times has he, you know, irritated people, and then 10 years later they're like, oh, well, I was wrong. So. I don't know if they ever like... say that, but other people say, hey, you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there is that. <laughs> I think the main thing is because it was co-written by somebody that a lot of people don't have a lot of respect for. Yeah, that's what it is. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, not 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 that she's a woman, but just that people don't think she's can do any important work. I have no idea, so I would have to look at the book. Yeah, the book is well worth so, reading, and it doesn't take a huge amount of time to one? read. Okay, yeah, huh? I was gonna say, is it a quick read? Yeah, it's it's not it's not hard. It. Okay. He writes well, from a first-person uh, you know perspective. I'm stuck in this wonderful place for 10 days, and maybe I'll just Kindle yeah. it and read it. Yeah. I adore yeah, Kindles. See, see if you can find yeah. the, the one typo that I found that was funny. Just look for okay. it. It's a good one. It's yeah, one I, of those um, that, you know, the, the, the spell check doesn't catch because it's a perfectly good word so but it just doesn't yeah. belong where it is and it made me laugh yeah well you know just one so that's pretty good make your publishers oh, put out books more, and that one was funny <laughs> okay I'll, I'll i'll look for it it's just it, it's um 
you know, I, I, I use, you know, uh, Morgana said, I love Kindle. I do too, because when my wife was alive at one point, she said no more books because <laughs> she's a librarian. So she had a ton of books too, and we're being taken over by books. So yeah, um, yeah unless it's like a signed first edition or a rare book or something like that, I will usually a new book. Usually I'll just get on Kindle. You know, if Valet was going to sign it for me, yeah, I'd buy a hard copy of it and have him sign it. But other than that, you know, I'll just read it on Kindle. That's fine with me. Yeah. Plus, it's so. easier to read at night because I can just pull myself and my Kindle under the blankets and not have the light on and have my boyfriend go, go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. And then I can, I can take this with me. I can read it anywhere. I can, you know, I've got, mm -hmm. I've got a tiny little, you know, Mac Mini. Uh, Oh, that's a cute little guy. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Mine is is cushioned for nuclear holocaust level shocks because my family got it for me <laughs> and they know me. Yeah. <laughs> and they we know do. I will break it otherwise. Yep. Yeah, you it's just this, you know, tiny little thing that's just... Yeah, they're so handy. Yeah, that's about the size of my paperweight. My Kindle yeah. paperweight. I got this when I was getting my pilot's license because it was a lot easier to strap to my leg than a giant like iPad. And yeah. With you know with the charts and and mm -hmm. you know where I'm flying and everything on here, this was a lot more convenient. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, do we have anything else to say about UFOs? Um, so we talked about Valet's new book. Plenty, and... but we've been on for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> And, and we, we, were, we faithfully got off track a few times, which was excellent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, hardly any food talk. I know. True. That was such a pain last time. I had to <laughs> go through and weave that around and do things. It was fun. <coughs> well, we'll, we'll stop. With the, we won't do the food thing this time. I'm not excited by any food right now. I haven't okay. discovered anything new, except an air fryer, which is kind of meh. I, we just got one, <clears throat> and we're pretty excited about uh -oh. it, too. So, But I won't, I won't talk. I'll be good. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Shoestring french fries made at home are awesome. Yep. All right. Well, you know, my mom was for being born here the other us. day. And... Go ahead. Sorry. All right. That's okay. No. Thank you for being here with us today. I'm going to turn off the recording. And... We'll say goodbye. Bye. Bye. And then we can talk about anything we want to. Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. If you have any questions or thoughts about the podcast or would like to come and talk about your experiences of the paranormal, you can contact us at 6djk67 at gmail.com. We promise to even answer you, and we are always happy to hear from you. Thank you.